713 on your Monday night. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Would love to talk to you tonight. You got job uh, concerns, severance concerns, employment concerns. Dave Vaughn from the firm here is to answer your questions and give you a little uh, a little peace of mind. Mark, good evening. How are you, pal? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Yeah, first of all, I'd like to thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, so I, just had, I work as a software developer, so I'm in IT, and I understand there's a different rule for overtiming. Yep. And um, so basically, I had a newborn baby uh, last week, and my company is asking me to do overtime, possibly work weekend as well. So I either want to say no or get paid for it. Uh, how do I go about that? Mm-hmm. So as an IT professional, you, you're not entitled to uh, overtime pay. So that you, you won't get overtime pay. Um, but okay. you're, you're absolutely uh, allowed to refuse the uh, weekend pay or the overtime pay. Um, in any circumstances, let alone if you have a, a newborn baby. So uh, just explain that to your employer. And, and if they give you a hard time about it, uh, give us a call because that's, uh, that's not, not, not right and uh, not uh, appropriate. Okay, so I can't say no to overtime, right? And um, they cannot, like, fire me or anything for that. Yeah, exactly. And, and Mark, think about the situation you're in. I mean, it's not like you're just saying it. Um, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, which you, you could yeah. do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But in, in your case, you have a very compelling reason. Um, okay. not to do it. So I don't think many employers are going to uh, give you a hard time about that. I see. Okay. Right. So uh, talk to your employer. Explain the situation. I would hope that they uh, they they get it and uh, you know back off. But if they don't, uh, give us a call and we can uh, we can help you and uh, contact your employer. Mark that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the call when the show is over. Get a hold of Lior or Dave and discuss that. So if they, they if they stuck to their guns, the employer, uh, what would happen? What would be the case in, in that case? Well, they can't force him to work overtime, uh, especially in these circumstances. So uh, you know, he wouldn't have to do it. And if they, uh, you know, if they terminate his employment, mm-hmm. that's. Uh, you know, they're going to owe them severance pay, and it's uh, potentially a human rights issue. Because the paternal thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, family uh, family status, basically, right. because uh, you know, he's just had a, a child, and he has obligations in that sense. So They have uh, to accommodate. Yes. Not, never mind not working overtime. They have a duty to accommodate if he needs time off. Yes? That's right, yes. Yeah. So it could go the other way completely. Especially because he's not trying to get out of his uh, you know, normal work. Uh, there are right. protections to get out of your work uh, as a parent uh, in certain circumstances. But I mean, this is even this is extraordinary because it's overtime. It's, he's doing his job. It sounds like <laughs> they just want him to do extra, uh, extra, and on weekends, right. which yeah. uh, I'm sure anyone who has uh, children knows how difficult. Oh that yes, would be, right? trust me. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell is the number to call and talk to uh, Dave tonight. Talking temporary layoffs here. So, um, what is what is a temporary layoff? Give me a definition. How is it different than say a regular termination? So, a regular termination is pretty simple. It's uh, the employer tells you that they, you know, your your employment's terminated. That you're uh, you've been let go. You're not working there anymore. And uh, you, essentially, you're not going to be coming back. A temporary layoff occurs when uh, they you're not going to be working for a um, you know spe- you know specific amount of time. You're not going to be paid, but they do intend to bring you back uh, under the Employment Standards Act. They're allowed. Employers are allowed to do that uh, for 13 weeks um, or uh, 35 weeks. Right. Yeah. So if you do it though, and we've talked about this on the show, I think with Lior and and yourself, if you uh, if you agree to a temporary layoff, that kind of sets a precedent. They can do it again, yeah? Yeah, so there's uh, basically the Employment Standards Act has these uh, temporary layoff provisions that allow it to happen. It basically says that it's not a termination if a temporary layoff happens for a certain amount of time. Those are the 13 weeks I was speaking about. 
And But the only way that the employer is actually allowed to do that is if either it's contained in your contract of employment, so it has an express provision in the contract that says we can you know, temporarily lay you off in accordance right. with the Employment Standards Act, or if there's a, a past practice of, uh, of temporary layoffs. So, you know, every year you've been laid off, you know, during a certain period of time. Or, seasonal uh, work or something like that? Yeah, so then it's an implied term of your contract because okay. you knew it was going to happen. You've yep. accepted it. And that's what you're talking about in terms of, you know, condemnation. So if you start, you know, if, if uh, your employer tries to lay you off and you just accept it, well, the next time they do it, how can you really argue with it? Because right. you've accepted it. You've, that's become a term of your employment. So before it gets to that point and I'm an employee, what can I do? Because I, I, I get a bad taste in my mouth where this is going. Yeah, so if an employer does try to lay you off for the first time and it, there's nothing about it in the uh, contract of employment or your job offer or anything like that, you should tell them right away that you don't accept the layoff and uh, give them an opportunity to basically take it back and allow you to work. If they don't, uh, I think it's the, the best practice to treat it as a termination. Uh, don't ex- don't accept mm-hmm. it because once you do, you're you're going to be accepting that for the duration of the employment uh, relationship. And so, if I treat that as a termination, do I get my full severance? You should, or yeah, absolutely. It no, it, it's okay. the exact same. It's a termination. Uh, it's exactly the same. So um, you should uh, definitely pursue that and challenge that if the uh, employer tries to do that without uh, without your agreement. Say in a given week, an average week of the firm, how often do you see this? It's quite this was, issue. Yeah, you you probably see it a couple times a month. Um, a temporary layoff, and uh, you know, a lot of people think it uh, think that employers are allowed to do it, right? Because uh, people have told them that they've they've you know they've Googled it, they've seen it in the Employment Standards Act, but uh, it is a termination unless uh, you know it's contain- There's a clause allowing it in your contract, or they've done it before. It's just a simple termination, and you're owed severance. Can they get away with it once, and you could still go back and say you don't accept it, or you can't let it happen once at all? You could probably get away with it once. But I wouldn't want to uh, right. risk it because right when you accept it once, you've given the employer an argument, something to stand on. And uh, that's what they're going to you know, hold up in front of the court and say, look, he, agree- he accepted it once. So why is it a problem now? Yeah, phone lines are open. Feel free to give us a call. And uh, you got till 8 o'clock to answer your questions here. Anything under uh, employment questions or severance or stuff like that, uh, call for a friend, call for a family member who's too bashful, you can do that. You can also email Lior anytime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Dave Vaughn from the firm here is uh, going through it tonight, our routine of getting to uh, topics that uh, people ask all the time. Temporary layoffs, where were we? Well, how about this one? How much severance does an employee get after they've been uh, laid off? What are they entitled to? The exact same amount as if they nice. uh, were terminated under normal circumstances or permanently. Uh, there's no difference between a uh, a temporary layoff that becomes a termination and a uh, you know an express termination. In fact, one of the issues, one of the reasons that when uh, that termination or layoffs arise is because you know business is slow or maybe the industry is struggling. Sure. So that could actually even promote a longer notice period um, for for an employee in these cir- circumstances. Because if that's the reason they're being placed on a temporary layoff, um, you know, one of the factors we use, we, we consider when, uh, you know, looking at the notice period is the availability of similar work. Right. So if their employer is saying, oh, we don't have work for you or our industry is struggling, oh. um, that there, could. There's an indicator. Yeah, that right? could uh, absolutely support a longer notice period. So. And you use, in this case, you'd use the same thing as you would any other time, use the severance pay calculator, right? You would. You'd use yep. the severance pay calculator. You'd look at your age, years of service position, and the availability of similar work. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's exactly the same as, uh, as a normal termination. Severancepaycalculator.com. You'll want to check it out. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Talking about temporary layoffs. Situations where they are allowed? Yeah, there's 
two situations where an employer is allowed to okay. place you on a layoff, and that's if uh, there's a contract of employment that allows it that says I, you know, the employee agrees to temporary layoffs in accordance with the Employment Standards Act, uh, or if they've uh, laid off, uh, you know, you've been laid off in the past. So if there's a uh, past practice of layoffs, yeah, I mean if you're a pool cleaner, it's kind of assumed, right? Unless you do an indoor pool. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of jobs, uh, a lot of industries where construction, landscaping, yeah. you know, seasonal work like a golf course. Um, if you're laid off at the end of the season, you can't say, "Oh, this is a termination." I'm I'm treating this as a termination because you, it's happened to you in the past, and you yeah. knew that getting into it uh, that you were going to be laid off. So uh, the temporary layoff becomes a termination if you've never been laid off in the past. And there's uh, no clause in the contract allowing it. So we'll flip it over to the other side now. If an employer wants to be allowed to lay people off temporarily, what do they have to do? Well, the best way to do it is to include it in your contracts, your employment agreements. Right off the hop. Right off the bat. So when the employee signs that agreement, they know and they're agreeing that if uh, if necessary, the employer can put them in a uh, put them on a layoff, and they can't later complain uh, that because that you can hold that employment agreement up if they. Uh, if they right. dispute it, right? You can say, look, you signed this. You agreed to it. It's risky to start putting people in, on layoffs and trying to get that uh, practice, you know, that uh, agreement through past practice. Because right when you do it, you risk uh, the employee considering themselves to have been terminated. Look at it this way, though. I mean, how often do we talk about this in the show as well? I mean, it's it, if, if they do it drafted properly through a lawyer like you or if somebody goes to get a job and they have an employment uh, offer and the employment letter in front of them, they should... They should get legal advice to go through it. You guys will find stuff like that, but the majority of people aren't looking for that. They're looking for holidays, how much pay, do they get a bonus, Christmas, all that stuff. They're not looking for layoffs, so that's why they can sneak it through most times, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's actually quite rare to see it in employment agreements. Huh. I don't see it very often, but uh, in the ones we draft, we absolutely tell our uh, employer clients to include them, uh, such a clause, because it really it gives the employer the opportunity to uh, you know to address you know, business needs as they come up. If you're, you know, genuine, if you're in an industry and it's genuinely gets slow and you need, you just can't afford to keep these people on staff, but you don't want to, you know, like let them go for good. A temporary layoff is a very valuable mechanism. Right. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to your calls, emails, uh, Lior at employmenthour.com. Roxanne writes in, says, uh, my husband and I work at the same place. I was let go for cause because of something that my husband did that had nothing to do with me. Ooh, is this legal? Absolutely not. No, they, uh, Roxanne is uh, entitled to severance pay. You cannot be terminated uh, for cause uh, based on something that uh, you know a friend of yours did, your husband, your girlfriend, your wife. Uh, that would be, uh, Roxanne would be entitled to a severance uh, package. Guilty so. by proxy. Yeah, you, you can't do that. So I don't know what her husband did, but uh, it sounds like a tricky situation. I mean, if I was Roxanne, I may want to move on from the employment relationship. So um, it's a, you know, maybe a good thing she got let go and she'll uh, she'll get a severance package now and she can go somewhere that uh, you know, doesn't have such an issue with uh, her and her husband. You handed me a sheet that says post-employment obligation, so uh, I'm not sure what this is, but we'll get to it. First one here, what obligations do employees who leave a job have to their former employee? Oh, I think I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I get it. So what does that mean? So uh, when employees let go, uh, they have certain obligations in terms of confidentiality, uh, so you know, protecting confidential information, not disclosing confident, confidential information. Uh, other ones would uh, can be uh, non-solicitation, so not going after the employer's clients, customers, uh, employees, and then uh, in some circumstances, uh, you know, there's some uh, non-competition obligations. 
uh, that an employee will owe an employer. 732, Monday evening. We got phone lines are open. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have employment questions, anything about severance or otherwise, give us a call. Dave Vaughn here until 8 o'clock answering all those questions. Uh, emails, Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a few more of those. Talking about uh, post-employment obligations. So the old non-compete, the non-competition obligation, enforceable. It really depends on okay. uh, how it's drafted. So generally what a non-competition agreement will say is, you know, for a certain amount of time in a certain, you know, area or, ge- you know, geographic area, um, the employee can't um, compete in a certain type of business. Okay. So it could say, you know, for 12 months uh, within a you know, 10 kilometer radius, you can't uh, practice, uh, you know, dentistry. If you're in that industry, or would sales be one where you get that as well, possibly? Yeah, definitely. And uh, it really just depends on uh, you know how you craft the, um, the you know the, the what it covers. So whether it's okay. you know dentistry clearly covers you know if it's a dentist, uh, it's it's pretty simple. Sales uh, is quite broad, right? Um, in, in terms of it covers all sales, so the person can't do any sales. So then you're not going to get that passed. You won't get that passed. Uh, the dentistry one, that example, uh, likely would because it's very specific to that, uh, you know, that person's industry. Um, and it all comes down, a lot of the time it comes down to the time and the radius. So if it's anything over you know, 12 months, to me that uh, courts are not going to want to enforce that. That's a little extreme, right? That is, yes. And um, the other one is the radius. So if it says in all of Canada or in all of Ontario, uh, courts are not going to want to enforce that because you've essentially said for the next year, let's say it's 12 months, anywhere in Canada in a sales role. So basically the person can't work for a year. But it can be more specific, a sales role selling blue and red widgets. That right. is more specific. That, you know, something of, the, of that silly nature they could do. Right? Exactly. So if you're an employer and you're trying to draft a non-competition that's going to be enforceable, you want to keep it very tight in terms of the time, the area, and the type of business. If uh, you're, you know, you're, you're worried about the person competing against you in the red and, you know, red and blue widget business, right. don't make it sales generally. Just say, you know, you cannot uh, be engaged in the sale of blue and red widgets um, within, uh, you know, the greater Toronto area for a period of six months or a year. And that has a lot better chance of being enforceable than if you just say you can't be involved in sales uh, in Canada uh, for two years. Courts so, are not going to want to enforce that. So this non-compete is, is not enforceable, you know, ignore and move on? Or what do you do well, as the, an employee? So... Like, uh, you know, the, the general view here is that courts don't like restricting people from working. Right. So they're not going to want to enforce it. With that said, uh, if you do, um, you know, if you know about this non-compete that you signed and you go ahead and just blatantly violate it, courts are also aren't going to like that either. Usually what I recommend is to have, uh, you know, to reach out to the employer and say, look, this is the job opportunity I have. I know I signed this non-competition, you know, 10 years ago when I started. Um, is there anything we can do to negotiate this? And in doing that, we would make it very clear that um, you know we, it's not enforceable in our view. But we want to respect them and uh, just you know negotiate a fair uh, agreement. You throw me here. a bone here, let me work type of thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Got uh, Marie. Good evening. How are you? Hi, Marie. Oh, hi, Marie. Oh, hi. 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 What's your concern? Um, well, basically, I've been working at a small business for 12 years. I was told about two weeks ago that it was going out of business. And um, I have this feeling that I will not, they, they have no intention of giving me anything. Mm. Um, 
because they've never paid stat holidays and they're kind I don't know. It's just they do their own thing. Feeling. They kind of do their own thing, exactly. Got it. Are they uh are they going out like are they going bankrupt or are they just shutting no, the business down? They're just shutting it down. Okay, so well to begin with, even if they were going bankrupt, your severance entitlement would be the same. Uh, okay. So you would still be entitled to severance. It's just if a company's going bankrupt, the problem becomes where does that money come from, right? No, it's not. Yeah, it's they're definitely not going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So okay. if they're not going bankrupt and they're just closing the business down, absolutely, you're you know you're entitled to severance pay, and uh, they should be should be paying you that. Um, you said you were there for twelve years, Marie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how old are you? Uh, Fifty-six. Fifty-six. And what type of job did you or, or do you sales. have? It's sales. It's sales. Sales job. So you would be entitled to. I would say at least twelve months, really, of pay. Yeah, of severance pay. Now, is that like a given, or is that something I would have to go to court for? Or is that like you're not going to have that... to go to court for that? But they're also at the same time not going to just hand that over to you. Yeah, so you, yeah. yeah we assume to... it's going to be a, a, a less than par offer, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it sounds like they're not going to offer yeah, yeah. Uh, anything yeah. other than possibly two weeks of working notice, which. No. Um, you're employed in Ontario, obviously, right? Right, right. So you know you're entitled to uh, you know at least eight weeks of uh, termination pay under the Employment Standards Act. Marie, do you have a uh, do you have a company car, all the or car allowance, all that stuff as well? No, 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 okay. no, no. But uh, you know, there's a you know huge difference here in terms of what they're giving you, which is two weeks and a year's worth of pay. Um, exactly. And, and they owe you that, and just because they're shutting the business down doesn't change that. Right now, um, the fact that they've told us verbally. Um, there was nothing in writing. Does that make any difference? Like they're telling us, they haven't said it. Like I haven't received anything in writing. So all I would say to that is don't do anything. I mean, continue to come to work until you're, you're basically told not to. Right. So don't take it for granted. Um, maybe they'll continue uh, operating the business a little longer than two weeks, but, and you'll still have that job, but, uh, you should give us a call because uh, you're definitely entitled to severance pay, and uh, it's not right that they're just going to shut the business down and uh, not give you anything. And, and if they do end up shoving some paper her way, don't sign anything. I yeah, that's sign. right. No, I know, yeah. I know. And what about the stats that they haven't paid over the last 12 years? Is there anything with that? The best you could do in that sense is the last two years because of the statute of limitations. But, uh, okay. you know, what's your uh, what's your compensation, Marie? Um, I'm paid hourly. You are, okay. So it's like eighteen dollars an hour. So just th- think about what you make in a year, and you know, that's what they owe you in terms of severance pay. Yeah, yeah, I know. With that, yeah, okay. So it's a pretty big right. amount of money there that they're. Uh, no, that, I know. I think they're just thinking that I'm just going to walk away. I mean, it has been a great job, it, and I. Anyway, that's a long story. Yeah, no. Well, um, you you made the right phone call anyway, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of employers do hope you're just going to walk away, or uh, you know, not not bother following up, but. Uh, you know, it's definitely worthwhile to uh, to do so, especially with a year's pay. At yeah, stake. yeah, Marie, I'm going to throw a number at you: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I want to squeeze you and Jay before the break. Good evening. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks good. for taking my call. No worries, man. What's happening with you? So, uh, my girlfriend's been working as a bartender for a big company for the last three years, and uh, just recently, they said that they've sold that company, and um, to a new uh, to the purchaser, mm-hmm. and now they're saying that she's still now she's on probation for the next three months because the first company terminated her employment. So I'm wondering if she's owed entire severance from the first company, or if it's just a continual employment with the new owners. So first of all, did they have they paid any severance? No, they haven't paid anything. 
And did uh, when she got the job with the new company, did she have to sign an employment agreement or anything, any job um, offer? She, she said that she signed something. Like, her job's the same thing, right? She's said for the last four years, she's been going in and doing the exact same stuff. Right. So nothing so, changed. Um, yeah, nothing's changed, right? It's still the same name of the company, uh, just different owners. So I think that it's a continual employment, but if not, at least she's owed severance from the first company. When did this happen, Jay? Uh, I would say about a month ago. And oh, okay, I, so I told her to, to, to look at all her stuff so that she doesn't kind of agree to this. Mm-hmm. And did they give her a record of employment? Uh, no, they didn't. No, like a T4, no. Oh, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it'd be a record of employment, ROE, um, yeah. basically no, just ROE. No, no ROE, like why she was terminated or anything like that, no. Okay, so uh, they're probably viewing it as a continued employment relationship, but I'd, I'd really like to see what she signed, because the worry would be yeah. that she somehow gave that up, uh, yeah, that previous service, and, and if that's the case, you'd want, you'd want to go after the original, uh, you know, the, the seller yeah, for, for the yeah, severance yeah, exactly. way she's given up, so... Um, yeah. See if she can get a hold of the, what she signed. And uh, you, she's been there for four years, you say? Yeah, and all this happened within the last two weeks. Yeah, okay. So uh, see if she can get a hold of that uh, that document. Jay, I'm going to give you a number as well, one 821 5900 That is the number and an email if you need it, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll take a quick break, Dave. More of it coming up here. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to call in? We'll love to have your uh, phone calls here on us with us until 8 o'clock in the middle of talking to our Dave Vaughn, our lawyer here, does a show on Monday nights from the firm. Post-employment obligations is what we were talking about. We're talking about are they enforceable or not. A uh, non-solicitation obligation, enforceable. So though a non-solicit is more likely to be enforceable okay. than a non-compete. Non-compete is the least likely to be enforceable because you're essentially saying you can't you know, work for uh, a certain amount of time. You in, compete in against cases. us at all. Right, yeah. and a lot of the time that has the effect of you can't work mm-hmm. uh, in, in the only industry you know, uh, you know, in the area you live. So, uh, like I said, the, the courts don't like enforcing non-competes. Non-solicitations are a bit different. What that does is it says an employee for a certain amount of time can't, you know, contact or, or go after um, his former employer's employees, customers and clients. So you can't use your little black book. Right. You yeah. can't call them and uh, call them up and, and say, hey, I just got a new job. Uh, why don't you come over uh, Come over yeah. here instead? Uh, so if you agree to a non-solicit, it is, uh, you know, in most cases it will be enforceable, uh, especially if it's for a reasonable amount of time. Because it's damaging to the employer, potentially. Right. right. Whereas the non-compete, I mean, a non-solicit can do everything a non-compete intends to do, right? Because right. an employer can't say, you know, oh, I need them to not compete. Well, then the response is, well, what don't you need them to do? What, what don't you want the employee to do? Well, I don't want them taking my customers. Okay, well, then just say that. Right. Right? So let him work, but just he's not going to contact your customers for the next year and try to get them to move over. The non-solicitations, the enforceability of them gets a, bit, a little more trickier in industries where, you know, it's very, um, the employee is essentially the business. So, you know, in, in, in stockbrokers, um, you know, um, hair, you know, hairdressers, right, right, things like that, where it's actually develop relationships, right? right, where it's a very uh, client-based uh, individual. Um, you know, it's the individual's client is that's what their business is. Uh, they have nothing else other than those clients. So I leave, or I get smoked out of a job. I have a non-solicit, but I was such a swell guy that five of the company's clients come to me. So, we like you better, right? So th- you know. That would not be soliciting, right? Uh, if they choose to come, you know, s- 
stop doing business with your old employer and, and go with you. Um, but you have to be very careful in terms of what you uh, say and what you do and what you promise. Uh, and it will come down to the, the wording of the clause. So you should get that in writing if, you know, if, you know, Skizix comes over to me because he likes me better in my new job. I've started a business and it looks like I'm soliciting. But if I get him to write down saying, I came to you, you know, you didn't come to me, basically. That would be very helpful, yeah. I mean, it's a tricky situation because you're essentially putting your client or your customer right in the middle of this uh, legal dispute, right? <laughs> right? So you have to be careful in that sense. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, talking about uh, post-employment obligations. So what kind of a uh, timeline we got here as far as keeping stuff confidential information when you've been let go or you leave? Confidential information should be kept confidential and indefinitely. If it's not hmm. something that the public would know, uh, you, you should not. There's no time frame in it, whereas with a non-solicitor, non-compete, there's going to need to be a time frame. Otherwise, it's just going to be unenforceable. With confidential information, if it's truly confidential that it's not known to the public, uh, that is, um, you know, that should be kept confidential uh, indefinitely. Uh, it becomes an issue uh, for employers when uh, you have employees who who know confidential information and they don't necessarily need to, you know, disclose that information, but they can still make use of it. That's a right because that's a that's a much more difficult thing to to prove right. that you did and prove uh, you know vi- you know violation of uh, confidentiality uh, obligations. So saying that, how can an employer protect itself from being hurt by an employee who's left? So the best thing is just to have a, an employment agreement with carefully drafted, um, you know, uh, conservative clauses in them. And what I mean by that is don't try to say that the person can't, you know, compete or, or solicit for two years. Pick a, a reasonable time frame, six months to a year in most cases. Also look at the space that you're using. You don't, if you don't actually don't need them uh, to not compete or not solicit in all of North America, don't say that just for the sake of saying it. Pick the location and the area that you want protected. So you, you, you look at you know, 6 to 12 months, uh, a reasonable uh, area, geographic area, and really nail down the, uh, and specify the, the nature of the business. And don't try to be too broad. Right. Uh, that's where you can get yourself into trouble because if any of these uh, aspects are considered too onerous on the employee. So, you know, the time's too long, it's too big of an area, or the, uh, you know, it covers too big of a, an industry or uh, an area of work. The court's going to shut it, you know, shoot down the whole clause. Yeah, that's no good right. for the employer. Right. So you need to, you know, have a carefully tailored, uh, ter- you know, clauses in that regard. Severance Pay Calculator. If you haven't used that tool, check it out severancepaycalculator.com. Find out where your severance should be, what you're properly owed. That's the one way to find out without making a ton of phone calls. We'll get to uh, Jack here in line. Jack, thanks for hanging in, pal. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's your concern? My concern is I want to ask Mr. Sampior. I've launched um, a small claim suit against an employer. I worked there for seven months and um, want to bring to the court. Now I'm finding out through some other people that um, are working there that they sold the company. So even if I win some money from this lawsuit, can I still hold the, if they, let's say they went out of business or they have no money, can I still hold the directors or officers liable to pay me the money if a, a judge awards me some, some funds? So Jack, did they go bankrupt or did they sell the business? I think they sold the business. Well, if they sold the business, that shouldn't be an issue because they're going to have money from the sale 
or the uh, purchaser will mm-hmm. uh, take on the liability depending on the type of sale it was. So okay. if they sold a bi- if they sold the business, uh, that actually could be a good thing for you. If they went bankrupt, or if they're going to go bankrupt, then even though your entitlements would be exactly the same, um, you know, there's nowhere to get the, you know, there's no one to give you the money. Um, so what if they, what if the Mr. Semper, what if they spent all the money? Well, if they, I mean, there's a, the courts will protect that you can't go after directors because they, uh, there's a, you know, that's the corporate structure. But if right. they funneled money off, so if you can show that they, you know, they did have money and they just, you know, got rid of the money and you know gave it to themselves, or you know paid themselves, or hid it in their uh, their own personal bank accounts. Then you could potentially go after them. Um, so but then I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hire somebody like yourself, right? And so yeah, it is. It can be tricky to go after money if, uh, especially if they've uh, declared bankruptcy. Jack, how uh, so? You were there for seven months. That's right. Yeah, and how old were you? How old are you? Forty-six. And uh, what type of job did you have? I was a chef. Okay, so uh, have you have you checked out the severance pay calculator? No. Uh, to see how much severance you're uh, you're you're entitled to? No, but I can. But um... well, I would recommend you do because um, I'm just wondering, like, how much severance did you uh, ask the court for? I asked them for. I asked them for twenty-five thousand small claims because they, I'm I'm claiming they induced me to work there. I'm claiming that they. Uh, that they uh, didn't give me uh, notice. I started to shoot. Now I got. I guess I'm gonna have to, since I'm obviously getting advice from you, have to hire a lawyer or something to to defend me because obviously I have the knowledge to file a small claim suit. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Well, my what my uh, thought is is you know you've been there. For, you were there for seven months, but you were induced, right? So you used to work. Where? What was your uh, your old job? How long did you work there? For four years. Wow, so I mean, if you get uh, credit for that, you could get you know six months of pay in court. Right. Okay. So, right. You know, and if there's uh, you know wages that are owed, anything like that, you could uh, that could actually be above small claims court for uh, for Jack. So uh, give us a call tomorrow, Jack. Jack, that number uh, as we uh, as we wrap up here is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Appreciate your call, everybody else. That's the same number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And, of course, as uh, Dave mentioned, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you're really owed as far as your compensation is concerned. Till Wednesday night, back here at 7 o'clock on the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640.